1: Do you want some
2: uh, coffee, Mr. Tully?
0: Do I? Yes, have some. Yes, have some. We
2: got one! It's time for another episode of Yes, Have Some Podcast. Look at him, I'm in really bad shape. Come on, please, please. Your weekly pop culture therapy session. Give me, give me, give me. I need, I need subscribe on iTunes by searching for Yes Have Some in the iTunes store or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Cast. Sick vandalism. That is a deliberate mutilation of a public service message. And now, hold on to your butts and get ready to get stressed. Your hosts, Craig Goldberg, Abigail Gardner, and Jacob Walsh.
0: We're mutants. There's something wrong with us. Something
2: very, very wrong. Then I teased it on our episode last week, because I was like, yeah, I'll tell you guys the whole real truth, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to come out and do my whole confession,
0: but... Hey, what episode is this? This is
2: episode 64.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode... Surprise! Surprise, we're here.
2: Abby's just dishing.
0: Abby's already doing the dish. (laughs) Uh, Deep dish. Deep dish.
2: Deep dish discount.
0: When did we get that deep dish pizza? Where were we? Chicago. Chicago. It wasn't that deep. Well, the first time wasn't, but then... I feel like it could have gone we, deeper. We ate
3: pizza twice that day. Oh, we remember. Abby was talking Dude, about it yesterday. We had to
2: get backup pizza, like, immediately. Abby-
3: did, Abby, did I did I piss you off? Like, no, I was like, that annoying?
2: Jake, I liked it because you were searching for <laughs> you can tell the. Me. It's no, okay. dude, it was good. Well, that first pizza, <laughs> the cheese was kind of weird, as I recall. Well, it wasn't. It also,
3: <sighs> you know, I was like, hey, if we're gonna be in Chicago, we yeah. should have. I want deep dish pizza. It, it looks good. I want to have it. We went. We find the place that has the vegan deep dish pizza, and it's not deep dish. Yeah. So yeah. I was like, what the fuck do we like, do? I so like the poetry a on the wall. Place. I like <laughs> yeah. your
2: like. Like, local, like, root beers and all yeah. that shit. Uh, whatever. There was it was, some, there it was, was I had fun, chili.
3: but the second place was, the second place, even though it took, like, two hours
0: to get our food, the pizza was better. I still get emails from that place.
2: Yeah. I, and I can't <laughs> figure <laughs> Your out. pizza's ready? I feel like we waited.
0: I can't figure so out how long. I ended up on, like, their email list, but mm. yeah. somehow they got it. That's um,
2: weird. It's pretty deep. Dish. <laughs> deep dish.
0: Uh, so, yeah, there was some weird stuff going on. That's okay. Hi, everybody. Hey, Welcome hey. to Yes and Podcast. Welcome back
2: from Chicago.
0: Welcome back from Pizza Talk. Yeah, with uh, Abby and Jacob Walsh. Pizza power. Pizza power. Oh yeah, because there it is.
2: Speaking of,
0: uh, so how's everybody doing this evening, Jake? What's up, man? Uh, I'm pretty
3: good, man. Just hanging out, uh, like sitting here, like trying to. I'm, I'm like, I know we're not, I know we're not really doing a big stress thing this week, but like, I'm just, I've just been, Comic-Con just started, so like. It, How could you it, not be stressed? been trying to see all the stuff that's coming out, and. You know, waiting on the It stuff tonight
0: if we're going to see it. And, mm. Yeah.
2: Ugh. Yeah, dude. That's nerve-wracking.
0: We're on the eve of San Diego Comic-Con. We're not there.
2: Nah, Zach Ryder's there. I'm looking at his Instagram stories, and he's having a good time, and I'm very jealous.
0: You're living vicariously.
2: Yeah, totally. Woo-woo-woo. Straight woo. through it. Woo-woo-woo. There you
0: go. You know
2: it. I wish I was at San Diego Comic-Con. One year, we're going to go. We're
0: going to go. Maybe next year. You never know. I hope so. Um... But uh, so yeah, Comic Con, like Jake just said, all the companies we love, NECA, Chronicle Collectibles, mm-hmm. Diamond Select, everyone's going to be doing their big toy reveals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so probably next week we'll like uh, kind of have to recap all that stuff and hopefully some Ghostbusters news because so tonight we're going to talk about Ghostbusters, right? Mm-hmm. Answer the call one year later, a little retrospective, little
2: happy anniversary
0: thoughts and <laughs> feelings, happy new year, yeah, happy uh, on this day. What is it?
2: Uh, on this day? Is that a holiday? No.
0: Yeah, it's this, your Facebook daily holiday. Check it. Jake, do you ever look at your Facebook on this day? To and delete that?
2: something because it's terrible <laughs> and you're ashamed of yourself like five years ago? Yes.
3: No, I've never like I've never done that. I'll
0: look at it sometimes, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Sometimes I'm really impressed with the things that I post. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, I was pretty smart to See do that. some promise? Yeah.
2: And there's the nugget in there. And then
0: other times I look, I'm like, what? Ooh,
2: oh, that one's going. What was
0: I thinking? and uh, that. So, yeah, so we're on the eve of Comic-Con, and hopefully we'll be getting some Ghostbusters news. I did want to talk about uh, this real quick right off the top. Um, Comic-Con starts Thursday mm-hmm. of the week you're listening to this, uh, mm-hmm. July, whatever. What's today? It's the
2: 17th. Today's the 19th. No, it's the 19th. You're two God days off. damn it. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is coming out tomorrow. <laughs>
0: Sorry. Oh, yeah, still, still off, guys. Um, it's okay. I have a, a bag of frozen vegetables on my foot. It's
2: not. It's a Mediterranean quinoa mix. It's inspired.
0: It is frozen though. Ah, oh, it's frozen. I dropped. Craig something. was trying
2: to do a photo shoot of our uh, Neca Ninja Turtles, the San Diego Comic Con exclusives. No. Yeah. So
0: and I never took the picture, but I did drop the uh, light Lighting on equipment. my foot. equipment. Yeah. So there we go. Um, no, Comic Con starts tomorrow. Got a tomorrow. good visual. And I wanted to talk real quick about Mass Stereo, which is uh, an event held uh, within the Ghostbusters community. Uh, we talk about PKE Surge a lot, which is our big Ghostbusters gathering that we do at DragonCon every year. Um, this is kind of like the West Coast version of that. So Mass Hysteria is going to be going on all week in a dragon, uh, Comic-Con. I'm going to... Dude, it's I can't whatever, help it. It's whatever it wants to San Diego Comic-Con, Mass Hysteria. Um, they got a lot of events going on. Uh, GhostCore, uh, on their Facebook page, uh, posted the official event guide. So if you want to check it out, go there. If you're going to make it out to Comic-Con... Uh, and you want to know what's going on in the Ghostbusters world, Uh, the big, like, they're starting off with a bang. They're not building it up. So tomorrow morning at 10.15 a.m. West Coast time, so that'll be 2 o'clock our time, Mm -hmm. 2.15, is the big Ghostbusters 101 panel. So that's going to be the panel with the IDW guys, uh, Eric and Dan, Mm -hmm. talking about uh, Ghostbusters and the future of Ghostbusters Comics, and then Ivan Reitman's going to be there, and there's been some uh, talk of some announcements uh so we could speculate on what those announcements could not uh, could or could not be mm-hmm. um, i don 't know
2: we got some announcements already
0: yeah there's stuff happening already uh there's the ghostbusters answer the call how fitting uh they 're getting their own five issue mini uh through i d w yeah that 's pretty cool yeah uh they announced that yesterday. Uh, they announced some of the, uh, it's not going to be the same, t- uh, creative team.
2: No, but it's both, it's two females that are working behind it. So yeah. I think the, uh, the illustrator did Hawkeye or maybe it was the writer. I was reading up a little bit and honestly, like it, it maybe I think I, I want to be excited about it and I think that it could be interesting. I like the look of it, so I'll probably pick it up.
0: Well, I think one, th- one of the things we'll talk about tonight as we go over answer the call and I'm our, like tempering my response. No, no, I want to well, be
2: totally honest. Here's often. the
0: thing. I think. After the kind of lukewarm, you know, fizzle out that happened with the movie, uh, you know, financially and everything else, I think there was some question on whether or not those characters would be
2: completely scrapped or we'd, yeah. we'd hear from them again and then yeah, in what would, fashion would.
0: would. I mean I, I didn't really know. I mean they, they obviously invested a lot of time and money in developing that movie. And it's not like it was a total flop. It's not like it made $30 million. It, it did well, well enough to where obviously there's a lot of interest in it. But Guys, um, it was
2: certified fresh.
0: It was certified fresh. Middle of the road. Jake even knows that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, the answer to the call, those characters are here to stay, at least for now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Ivan Reitman has stated multiple times that it's important for Ghost Core moving forward to unite those universes. And I will say this, and we're, I want to talk about this in a little bit. We watched Answer the Call a little bit earlier today and having it in my mind that I know for a fact Ivan Reitman wants this universe to you know, combine with the original
1: mm-hmm.
0: and what they've been doing in Ghostbusters 101, having that at the top of my mind made my experience watching it a little bit more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit. Putting
2: it within the continuity of the original two movies, basically, like saying that there could be Hope of connectivity because the first few viewings of this movie of answer the call, it's an on its own thing. Yeah, that's like at least how it was intended.
0: Well, one of the number one complaints out of out of the fan base, we all know, was why is this not a sequel? Why is this not connected? Everything else is connected. Jurassic World is a uh, spiritual sequel, not spiritual sequel, but a uh, a legacy sequel. And right. Force Awakens and everything it takes else
2: takes place the same. Yeah.
0: Uh, so yeah. just knowing that we might very soon see a situation where those universes are are together and they make sense together
2: we just want to see
0: the family all together for sure yeah i want
2: to see the mingling Um, of the characters and i have enjoyed that in the comic book thus far that seeing the ladies like team up with the guys and all that kind of stuff yeah and
0: the the idw comp 101 i i like what they're doing i think uh well we'll get there we'll get there so uh the event schedule thursday we got the panel uh, mm-hmm. Room 6DE and uh, Ghost Corps, was, they already got a lot of people confirmed uh, attending this panel. So there's never really been a Ghostbusters panel at Comic Con, so it's really exciting. Yeah. Um, Friday, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., there's going to be a Ghostbusters breakfast and lunch uh, at Werewolf, which is 627 4th Avenue, San Diego, California. And uh, then they're going to have more events as the weekend goes on. So uh, if you got a Proton Pack, you got a flight suit, you want to hang out at Comic Con, Find your Ghostbusters brethren and uh, go have fun because, mm-hmm. I mean, 24 hours from now, we could be singing a whole different tune. Maybe there won't be any announcements. Maybe, hey, maybe we'll talk about an animated series, animated movie, new live action movie. I don't want to get my hopes too far. All of the above. Let's all of the above? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. uh, it could be anything. It's such a weird, yeah, it could be anything. Well, that'll lead us into our main, sh- our, our, our stress for tonight, which is all Ghostbusters answer the call. Um... I kind of want to start with this. I want to pose this question to you guys.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A year ago, or a little bit over a year ago, before this movie came out, where did you kind of envision the Ghostbusters franchise a year later? Did because in, in, That's kind of a big open-ended question, but are you surprised that we're – because to me it kind of feels like we're a little bit back at square one. Like we a year yeah. after this movie, we don't really know – What's, What's next? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because a year ago, it was like, cool, this movie's going to come out, and then, bam, it's going to be an animated movie, and then, bam, we'll get a sequel, Yeah, and then, like, maybe the Russo Brothers movie. We're be
2: sipping Sip Ginger Ale on the beach with Paul Feig and Katie Dippold, because that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, dude, we're on the phone with Paul Feig. He's, like, leaving the editing booth just to, like, talk to us. Um, That was all very exciting, and we were, like, in the throes of it and, like, so, so deeply connected. That's probably why I get a weird like just a weirdness in general talking about Answer the Call and since going back and watching it and I mean fuck we started this podcast pretty much because there wasn't like well I mean I know that you know the interdimensional cross was around obviously but I feel like there was a need for us to talk about Answer the Call and maybe to be honest about it and I feel like there was the I felt like it was kind of an underdog when it from the get-go since it got so much backlash immediately i feel like we started this podcast almost to like react to that and because we wanted to talk about these things so we there's like a debt almost or like it's it's almost like it's it's part of our roots and our foundation so when i go back to it and revisit it one year later my feelings i wouldn't say that they've changed but maybe i've changed and there's just a lot of weirdness and like a very like i feel like jake And his Prometheus Mm -hmm. and like the hotline is like all coming to mind. And like I feel like I need to talk to somebody and like do some breathing exercises. Because it makes me feel weird as fuck.
0: Well let's talk about that real quick before we go further. So uh obviously when the movie was announced, uh
2: This episode is called Jake and his Prometheus.
0: Jake and his Prometheus. (laughs) Uh his pet Prometheus. Uh when the movie was announced, uh and it was, it was announced that it was going to be uh, an all-female team, directed by Paul Feig, and it was going to be a reboot. Right off, right off the bat, there was tons of backlash, tons of negativity. So I think, as the three, like, listen, the three of us are all pretty cynical people, um, and we, I don't know, we we have some pretty interesting takes. Um, mm-hmm. We can all be assholes, right?
1: Oh yeah, right.
0: It's part of Absolutely. it's part of who we oh. are. But I think all three of us felt really like. Kind of pissed off because the negativity was not warranted yet. I think all three of us kind of carried, you know, the through line all
2: last. I felt like saying, don't look a gift horse in the mouth, like, especially when you can't see all of it yet, because it was like, thank goodness we're getting some resuscitation into, like, Ghostbusters. It's yeah. coming back to life. So, whatever we're getting, it's bringing us toys and pogo sticks, which I never saw any. Yeah, where's your pogo sticks? Stick? I still don't have that. But oh, I have, pig. like,. You- Right. Okay. So uh, you, if you know, want to I call think us,
3: call like, us. like you were just saying, the negativity wasn't completely warranted. And I think, you know, maybe if that didn't happen, you know, m- you know, I'm not saying that everybody would have loved the movie or it would have, you know, gone over better. But I-, I definitely think that stuff hurt the movie. And I don't think it would be as like universally looked down on if all of that shit didn't happen because it's not an awful movie, you know, like uh, there are some weird things in it, but I I think, I think the biggest issue is that it's, I mean, it's Ghostbusters and, you know, it's hard to not compare this movie to the original Ghostbusters, but I think that's the biggest problem is that it's, it's so, I, I think without it being a reboot, they shouldn't have maybe put all the cameos in, and 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 that's something I never thought I would say because right. it, it does kind of it just makes you think of that movie. But I think if this was a little more of its own thing instead of like trying to walk the line of being a reboot slash, you know, the the after credit scene makes you feel like it might be a reboot or, or not a yeah. reboot, but like in in continuity, the firehouse is in it, stuff like that is confusing.
2: Yeah, like so, flirts with you then slaps your hand away. It's like yeah, you know, it, you would think it's the thing you want it to be, but then it's not, and it's almost disrespectful it's, as like an ardent fan and someone who wanted to see those things.
3: Yeah, it's just confusing and it and it the tone of this movie is is very, very different from the original Ghostbusters and the, the type of comedy that it is is way different. And I think if you if you don't look at it, if you look at this movie like more objectively and don't and don't try to just be like, oh, this is supposed to be like the original Ghostbusters, then it's more enjoyable. If yeah. you can like if you can step back and be like, okay, we have Ghostbusters One, Ghostbusters Two, the real Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. the extreme Ghostbusters, yeah, don't all forget these different them. kinds of comics. You know, this movie, they're not, you know, nobody fucking like you know no one sits here and talks about how awful the extreme Ghostbusters is constantly like it's not great and we and we all know it (laughs) but it's still loved you know what I mean it's still like we might talk shit about it and people might talk shit about Ghostbusters too but it's it's like still coming from like a good place and people are still happy about it and happy that they get to watch those things so I feel like if you look at it that way and you're like oh it's just another it's just another Ghostbusters thing there's going to be another movie at some point and whether or not it's another reboot or a continuation of the original two or whatever it's just like another it's just like another thing that we have
0: my and I completely that is so I'm really glad you said all that because like uh I'm really I struggle with this because I that th- being said fuck this movie yeah, yeah. having said that no. my I noticed vaginas multiple <laughs> you noticed I didn't see those crack? as much the first time. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, so I think coming out of this movie originally, all three of us, it was really hard to actually expose. And like. I don't think I could have given my honest thoughts about this movie right after it came out because the buildup was such a whirlwind. And by the time – the
2: fucking director was in the theater with us <laughs> watching this film – Right, And it was like a giant family reunion jerk-off fest where we're all eating pizza on a rooftop, hanging out, like, looking at film locations, being near the actors, like, being on the red carpet, hyped up, amped up on caffeine and sugar and pizza. And honestly, like, it was such a blur, the first viewing of the movie, that I don't know how we could have walked out of there, like, having a realistic grasp right. on what it the film It took me, was.
0: like, six months to really kind of come down from that year and a half, two year buildup and be able mm-hmm. to look at this movie objectively.
2: I know that I walked out of the theater, the Chinese theater, feeling a little bit empty mm-hmm. and a little dissatisfied and very emotionally distraught. And I feel like that was probably because of jet lag and like exhaustion. And like I said, all the sugar and excitement, well, but there was no, a ahead. part of me that was expecting, that had certain expectations and I am an <laughs> asshole. So I was conflicted and I might've well, cried that night. I,
0: I you did. know, I felt like, no, go ahead, I'm sorry.
2: No, that's it. I'm just sharing that real, I was real quick Jake, before emotionally, he, I
0: want to say uh, one anecdote here. Uh there was a story ain't It Cool News, uh which is a movie news website that's been around forever. Uh Harry Knowles infamously his original review of Godzilla 98 was a glowing review and it was because like they were doing a screening of Godzilla at the premiere at Ma- Madison Square Garden. It was like the biggest movie per- like you can't and I never really bought into it and then later on he kinda came around and be like, No, that movie's a flaming piece of shit. Uh I never really bought into that, but until you
2: have- experience the foreplay that is like Sony saying, like, hey, <laughs> come on over, let's hang out, let's make out for a few hours before showing you this movie and like right. you're all worked up for it. Right. It's confusing. But it's
0: not even just that, it was years. Like we've yeah. all anticipated a third Ghostbusters movie of some sort since nineteen eighty nine. Right. So
3: I think and, and, and especially after like and it's not just that it's the fact that Ghostbusters like a Ghostbusters 3 had gone through so much like teasing and like so much of Dan Aykroyd being like yes it's it's starting production
0: this week and it's just never <laughs> happening yeah right 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 yeah no no I mean it was a a roller coaster forever and like Ghostbusters 3 kind of became like a like a running joke, like mm-hmm. oh, is there going to be because yeah, like never going to happen. It, yeah. it was yeah. dead and then it was alive and then it was dead, it was alive and then, like 2009 when the video game came out and like 2010 it was like oh this is happening right. and then it went away again and then you know and then Harold Ramis died and it was like okay we're never getting another Ghostbusters and then two months later it was yeah. like we're getting Stuff Ghostbusters so
1: yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. it was such a, a wild ride for so long that. It just took me a long time to really process what my feelings And I was chasing
2: are. after Paul Feig even before he was attached. And I've said that before. Like, I put out the tweet saying, like, I'm ready to believe you, Paul Feig. I put a picture on Twitter of me in my, like, pink jean uniform. And I was like, hey, I'm a girl. I love Ghostbusters. I'm fucking ready for this shit. I love you, Paul Feig. I love Freaks and Geeks. And I wanted... Bridesmaids? And I asked for it. And I asked, Yeah, bridesmaids. I love fucking bridesmaids. Kristen Wiig, absolutely. Like, I was... Frothing at the mouth for this movie. Oh, you were frothing. Oh, I there, was. It was wet. It was a lot. It was good. It was, I'm uh, sorry, Jake. There,
3: there were always like there were always a couple things that I was concerned about coming into this movie, and, okay. and like you know, just seeing like little teases of things here and there. And I mean, not everything. I was, you know, I think um, the three of us and a good group of our friends. You know, a, a lot of us in the Georgia Ghostbusters. We were all kind of at first like, no, we were like, this seems wrong. It seems weird. This mm-hmm. seems like such a yes. – this idea seems so far away from what we think it should be. But I remember all of us like as things started to be revealed, we were like, well, wait, this is this is kind of cool. This kind of looks cool. You know, I remember us like – all to you know, all together, kind of turning around on it and being like, "Well, this this could be good," you know. Right. But there were things here and there, like I I never was like a hundred percent on board with the the way the car looked. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I still to this day. And I, I've hated it since the first time I heard it. But that fucking theme, the like Missy Elliott Fallout Boy theme yeah. mm-hmm. is the worst thing I've ever – it's my – it's – I hate – that's the thing <laughs> I I'm hate. am not
2: afraid, not afraid. I, yeah, I was watching like
3: – I was like watching the movie today.
2: Sorry, John. I was like –
3: I made a note and I was like, oh, this is the thing I hate most about this movie is <laughs> that theme. Um, you're
2: not going to go with the split wonton?
3: I'd go and, with soup I, That humor. didn't bother me as much this soup time. Soup humor?
2: Soup humor. Um, like, Craig and I had a running joke about how soup is the most, like, boring thing to make <laughs> jokes about. But then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 comes out with soup, soup, and that's funny.
0: So yeah. you can make
2: funny jokes about soup.
0: Also the soup not. See, the – It's funny. The, and you're right. As, as stuff started to roll out, like, I was always – so one thing I do want to say is, like, like the misogyny angle and like the it shouldn't be women angle, like that was never really like on. Like I, I still don't think like it definitely exists. Like you see, yeah, look it, at Doctor Who. You see it with Doctor Who right now, but it's because of the internet, and it's because I, I, I firmly believe that if this movie came out and it just kicked ass and it was like holy shit, this movie it's ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes, everybody's blown away because guess what? Going into – Jake, I know you still haven't seen Wonder Woman, but like people were like laughing about Wonder Woman after Dude. Suicide Squad and Batman. Um, or...
2: Us. We were making fun of her yeah. sword. Right. that uses butt floss. And like, then <laughs> it came out
0: and it was like, whoa, this movie's great. People love it and it's a huge success. So I think that all of the internet bullshit could have really dissipated if the movie was amazing. What happened was the movie was good at times not great at times kind of flat a lot of it and that made the i mean it, it turned into like c
2: a giant scapegoat
0: for yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of people
2: so you're saying that if those downvotes hadn't been originally implanted by robots or human beings or whoever well, it was, it was on beings. youtube it was human beings it but became like, it the most hated like you don't think that that led people to like you i know, think it's
0: tough it's so hard to say because here's the thing there's, like, five think, or like, six properties in the world that, for whatever reason, feel like untouchable movies that you just don't want to to fuck with.
2: Ghostbusters. Right. Back to the Future. Jaws. Back, Back to the Future.
0: Godfather. Yeah. There's There's, like, five or six of them. And it's, like, if you're going to do this, it better be... Like, you you better – it better be so good that people forget that you're not supposed to be messing with it.
2: Yeah, troubleshoot. You know, throw the script to a few other people and see what they think. Like, you know, see if there's some – loop. you know, there's some plot holes or (laughs) some things. Like, you know, put your best jokes in there, all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. Well, Jake, you you mentioned – So as
0: as the stuff started coming out, it was like the Ecto was revealed, the proton pack, and the first trailer came out, like – I was always kind of optimistic because, in my mind, for me personally, when I think about what I love about the original Ghostbusters, it's not necessarily like, "Oh, I love the Ecto" or "I love the Proton Packs," although I do love those things. But more than anything, it was the overall feeling that it gives me. The way when that Peter it. looks
2: at Egon, and the way they all look at each other, and like right. it's it's the jokes and like the minor things. And I yeah. think
0: my biggest problem with Answer the Call is that and all
2: the side characters.
0: It. It just feels like it never really feels like a real movie to me. It always feels like one big inside joke that everybody's in on, including like side characters and the main characters. And it's got that modern comedy, like SNL influence, where they're throwing out jokes that don't. Too many. You mentioned this before,
3: Craig. Too many people in the movie are funny. Yes. Everybody you would you would think at first and, you know, that didn't bother me at first. Like, you know, Abby, you were talking about a little while ago, the first time we saw the movie.
1: Yeah.
3: How it was. It was kind of a blur and we were all a little weird. And, you know, but you guys remember the second time we saw the movie, which was like the next day. And we saw it at at, at a special screening in Atlanta
2: on the other side of the country. Yeah.
3: That screening. I remember it. I remember laughing so much and just thinking it was so funny. And there is a lot of funny stuff in it. Not all the jokes land, but there is some really funny stuff in this movie. Right. But, but Craig, you were right. Like I never really thought about it until you said it before. But the thing that's amazing about the first Ghostbusters is that the Ghostbusters are funny and Lewis Tully is funny, mm-hmm. but that's it. And right. it's like they're living. It's <laughs> like, it's like, Mm-hmm. Four you know funny, really smart guys are living in this world where like crazy shit is happening, and everybody else is like scared yes. and serious about what is happening, yes. and that makes them funnier, but in this movie, everybody's fucking a
0: comedian, yeah, everybody has a joke, yeah, like I don't need goes or cracking jokes, no right,
2: no, and that was I think my main like I took umbrage with the fact probably more so than anything the first viewing of this movie was I didn't like um Rowan and I didn't think there was enough motivation behind him destroying the city or trying to or unleashing um the ghost from whatever that I felt like and upon watching it this just before we're recording now it's all pretty much boiled down to Rowan delivering the one line of saying like I was bullied my whole life so now I'm going to do the bullying. And we didn't see any of that and I didn't feel it and there's I just, I cannot get behind the Ghostbusters, like, saving the city and having this be a believable story, like, if I don't believe the villain, and if, like, there were just, I felt like I had so many issues when I saw it the first time that I almost comforted myself with the fact that I was like, oh, well, maybe this is just going to be like Batman Forever, or maybe this is going to be like Batman and Robin, and I wasn't okay with that, and I wanted it to be more, and Now I just feel like I'm complaining.
0: No, but you're not complaining. You're you're. These are these are skins we need to shed, folks. Why don't we do this? Why don't we talk about what we like about the movie, and the things that we took away from it that when we watch it now, that we still feel positive about? Because I think all three of us can admit that like there's good stuff in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. What sucks for me is that the good stuff is so close to being great, and every time it's almost great it's like like you get backhanded with something that's like, why is this mm-hmm. in this movie? Like, for right. instance, um, every time Melissa McCarthy opens her mouth, and I don't hate Melissa McCarthy. I have i don't like her in this, yeah. But I do not mm-hmm. like her in this movie. No. I don't either. I don't. And you know what? It's something weird. You know,
3: it, I one of the things I really like about the movie is all the, like, the fake scientific talk.
0: Yeah. Except when she's delivering it. It doesn't feel... You don't f- – If what is it? Someone explain to me because it doesn't make me feel like – when Ray or Egon does scientific jargon, it makes me feel like, oh, these guys know what they're talking about. It right. sounds
3: like they know what they're talking about. With Melissa McCarthy, it just sounds like she's trying to remember
0: her script. You know what I love? Yeah. I just and, said and let's I, talk and about I, what we I, like about this movie. I know. I know. <laughs> I, know. I, was I was just like, having a panic
2: attack. I was like, man, shit. I just went really dark Did on this that? movie and now we're all just No,
0: going. you didn't though because people have these feelings and – Jake. Earlier I was talking to Abby. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about
2: Melissa McCarthy was the first blow when it came from when it came to like the information that was being leaked about this movie which we were like basically like taking every single scrap as it came out. So when we found out that she was in the movie, I was a little trepidatious. But I worked myself into a place where I was like, "All right, maybe I like her. Maybe she's going to be really funny under Paul Feig's direction. She is funny in Bridesmaids. In fact, she's really likable in Bridesmaids." So I had a lot of faith and again because I was becoming a champion for this film well before seeing it, it put me in an awkward place once I was watching it on screen, and Melissa McCarthy is talking about how there's not enough food in her soup, <laughs> and, like, n- just none of that's adding up to me, and it, it, yeah. So now I'm getting sad again.
0: No, it's frustrating. It's dark. So, earlier I was talking to Jake, and Abby, everything you just said is is reasonable, right? Mm-hmm. So, when you think about the first Ghostbusters, when we talk about characters in movies, right, every p pe- Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray were improv geniuses. They Mm improv'd a lot of Ghostbusters, especially Bill Murray. A lot of the modern movie, Answer the Call, was also improv'd. Alternate takes, alternate lines, throwing stuff out. Letting the characters or the actors help define their character or guide their character is not that unreasonable in a comedy, especially Mm -hmm. nowadays. But when you think about the original four Ghostbusters, you've got... Ray, the heart, Egon, the brains, Peter, the mouth, Winston, the everyman. That's Mm -hmm. it. Muscle, yeah. Those are your four. You can boil them down to that, and they live up to that, all four of them, the entire movie. Mm -hmm. It's so much so that when they come out to the crowd and everybody's chanting Ghostbusters, and (laughs) Peter lifts up Ray's hand and says... Ray Stance, the heart of the Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm at a fucking football game. Yeah. And I'm cheering on my team. <laughs> yes. And I'm ready to rock and roll. I like everyone's shirt. Yeah, and I'm just, and I'm just. <laughs> and it's like this big, you see New York full of assholes and degenerates and yes. scumbags yes. coming together behind the Ghostbusters. Dirty,
2: stinky, steamy New York. I fucking love it. You can smell it through the movie and everybody's an asshole and I love it.
0: It, there's so much of an asshole in Ghostbusters that Ghostbusters 2, The plot was about how everybody in New York's an Even asshole. Even though they dropped it, yeah, kind of, yeah a little you're bit. right, yeah. <laughs> when you think about the characters and the answer the call, it's like Patty. Well, she knows about New York, but she's kind of like she's almost. You only
2: a, know that because she tells you. Yeah,
0: she just. That's what we were
2: talking about earlier. She like, why not have some, her like on scene, like on a tour because she's so into architecture and history, like. In that's where she sees her first ghost. Instead of on her job at the at subway, like if she was a history buff or whatever that they say she is in the movie, like why not why did show her doing that more? instead of just saying instead
0: that she of did. just saying like uh, show like, don't tell random yeah. facts about different structures. And that's mo- one of my biggest complaints about the movie is that the Mercado. It it is a cool idea to have this hotel be like kind of the center of of everything that's happening just like the museum was in Ghostbusters 2. Why do not
2: use a real fucking structure though? Why do they have to like make the whole thing out of like CG and like it's not it was a set and why was it shot in Boston instead of New York? <laughs> I'm so upset about that.
0: You guys are both just going <laughs> on. Really? Right right. So anyways, up. back to the character thing. I think about <laughs> so when you read Ghosts from Our Past, I talked about this with uh, John your today. Ghosts from Our Past, written by our friend Andrew Schaefer. Yeah.
2: yeah. It is
0: a treasure trove yes. of character development. Good. Yeah.
2: I wrote a six-page document called Notes from Our Past on his book, which I have not ever shown to him. Because <laughs> have you
3: published that? No. Or are you going to put it as like He's
0: a, a piece. It is
2: a companion piece. It was all the questions that I thought of that I wanted to ask him because we had him on the show. And I was, it was all stuff that I was excited about seeing in the film and then never saw and was super let down on. So, yeah, maybe I should post that.
0: So that, that book – when they talk about the character development and this friendship between Abby and Aaron and their, the way they grew up, the way they discovered ghosts, the haunting that Aaron had.
2: Yeah, it actually feels like Freaks and Geeks a little bit because it's like, oh, they're like, you know, fucking misfits in high school and nobody likes them and they're doing weird shit and hanging out in the woods and like, I liked all that stuff.
0: Yep. And then you watch the movie and I'm immediately annoyed by both Aaron and Abby. They seem like
2: they don't know each other. There's no like chemistry between them from high school. You can't feel that and like uh, the whole ghost girl thing is lost and I feel like that was a gem that shouldn't have been fucking
0: squandered. Well, I've said it before. I thought that you could – even though the opening of Answer the Call is pretty good. Like it is pretty funny. I was watching it today. I was laughing. Uh, it's a
2: strong open, yeah. It,
0: it, But it's so much like right off the bat – so this goes back to what Jake was just talking about a little while ago. It runs so closely parallel to the first movie That you can't help but comparing it. So, this, Mm -hmm. the first Ghostbusters opens up. Which is a
2: detriment. With the the
0: haunting at the library. This opens up with the haunting at Aldridge Mansion. What if this movie opened up with Aaron as a child being haunted by this terrifying ghost? Like, that. Right there, you're setting up character development. That would have been great, You're also
2: veering away from the structure of the original film because there are no flashbacks in Ghostbusters or Ghostbusters 2. So why not do that as your modern spin and have a really good flashback scene? And that's why everybody was complaining. Guess who did that? Guardians of the Galaxy. And guess what that did? Anchor you to your fucking character with some goddamn trauma, (laughs) which is great. Sorry. (laughs) Which is fantastic. You need that.
0: Now. Now that we've said everything we liked about it, eh, so. we're going to move on to the next one. No, no um, it's no, but so you know, glowing. Glow, you know glow, that's the name. <laughs> you know, after Answer the Call came out mm-hmm. and everybody was like, well, that movie needed a montage. Yeah, I really think it would have been better with the montage. You know why everybody was saying that is because it follows all the same beats of the first Ghostbusters and that has a montage. And we felt like we were missing it. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I do think we should talk about the things we like about this movie before we... I don't know. Yeah, that'd be that'd be good. That'd totally be good.
2: Yeah, we should definitely switch do that. some gears.
0: Here. Switch some gears. You feel,
2: you feel good? I feel good. I feel much better actually. I like getting it out. So, you know, I'm a little <laughs> y'all know me. Yeah, y'all know how I earn a living. So <laughs> I'm I can be you know, a little cynical, a little no, bombastic. It's good. It's good. But I I there's some things I really love about the movie and I'll forever be connected to it. And I have cherished memories of being With friends and people that I consider family at this point um, in LA watching this movie for the first time. And it was awesome. And again, our podcast is almost a byproduct of like the inception of this movie. So, like, there's a lot of things that I love about it and there's things that I would never trade. And I'll always have a weird, conflicted, like familial tie to this movie. So, I definitely am not like in the same breath, I love it and have issues. And that's just. That's where I'm comfortable I want to lean into the discomfort and right. that's what they say so right. let's lean
0: hey it's tough love it's good it's tough right um and I also get bummed out when other people talk bad about it Like, Me you too. can't do that
2: I know that's the other <laughs> thing you don't want to like watching the cinema sins or whatever that thing was that just came out I do kind of like bristle a little bit because yeah. I'm like dude this movie got so much flack and yeah again that's why I've I held back on giving it flack and do feel bad even right Kind of want to take back everything I just said, but take it back. I can't erase it. it, it, it so. We can edit it. We can edit
0: it. So, anyways, we love it. No, uh, let's let, let well, Let's go around the circle. Jake, what's something yeah. you love or like a lot about Ghostbusters? Answer the call. Um,
3: I mean, the, I'll just I'll just start like off the top. I, I start like I, I said this earlier. I started to make a list of okay. like things I like in this movie, and some of the things are kind of specific. But I first of all. I will never get tired of seeing that Ghost Core logo at the beginning. Right. Yeah. That is exciting, no matter what. But uh, I think the music in this movie is really good, and I really like that. You know, some of the, some of the tracks on the score might might sound like a little Avenger ish. Right. Which is which. You know, I can see why they would do that. Marvel but, touch. But you know, after they after they see the first ghost, the the score. Turns into like a rendition of the Ghostbusters theme, yep. and then they they do that again towards the end when Holtzman is like you know destroying everything, and that shit is so good. The score is really good, and it really at times it really feels like a it it helps a lot in, in making it feel like a Ghostbusters movie at yep. certain
0: scenes. Mm-hmm. Well, I think so. yeah, I think the score is really really awesome and i think the third act of this movie once they like skipping over like some of the weird character stuff and some of the kind of motivations once they get to the third act and they're the you know they're who is it abby patty and holtzman they come up on slimer and slimer gets in the ecto and then Aaron saves them, and then they have the battle in Times Square. hmm
2: hmm
0: I think that's all pretty good. Yeah. Like, the third act of the movie is— That's my
2: favorite stuff to rewatch, for sure.
0: Because— There's definitely— Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, it, the third act doesn't—it's it. It's obviously Ghostbusters because we're watching four Ghostbusters bust ghosts. But it, yeah. it feels—it felt like for the first time the movie was standing on its own and not depending— on any kind of structure or anything from the original movies it could just right. kind of do its own thing and I, I think when it did that it shined because like no matter what I think about the movie when Holtzman's you know blasting all the ghosts and listen I don't I don't really get into the uh the the level of discussion on should they be trapping the ghosts or should they be like you know destroying them or dispersing yeah. or whatever yeah. they did address a, it in Ghostbusters 101 one of the latest comics uh basically somebody one of the other I think Ray tells Holtzman like w- doing that doesn't get rid of them. They like they come back.
1: Yeah well like, it's also
0: horror.
3: I mean it's also like that in the Ghostbusters video game that came out in, you know, whatever, two thousand and what, nine, nine or whatever. Yeah. There's you know, you your your pack upgrades and there is a point where you're just blasting ghosts with like you know, a bolt basically. Yep. Like there's yeah. there is a point in the game where you're doing that. And they and they explain it in that game in great fucking too
0: much detail. Too much, you yeah. know, what every what everything does. Right. So. Right. Um so yeah, the the third act like is it is good and Rowan becoming, you know, his full like the full sized Rowan and mm-hmm. the stuff they do with the animated logo. Like I always liked all of mm-hmm. that. Like I was – because I was in – I was into it. Right. And I thought all the characters – once they were finally working as a team and there wasn't just like the bickering. Like I get with the story with Abby and Aaron why they have the falling out. But I don't necessarily – it wasn't executed well enough for me to care. Yeah. So – but once they're all back together and they're fighting the ghosts and they're in the Mercado and here's the thing I like about this movie. I think Jillian Holtzman is great. Yeah. I really
2: do. That was the thing I was going to offer up when you said you were going to go roundtable. I would you say going? Jillian Holtzman's aesthetic and style and humor and swagger and all that shit. Like, I really like her a lot. I think she is by far the takeaway from this movie and the thing that I enjoyed the most going into it. And then when I saw it and her action sequence um, in the third act is awesome. And it made me stand up in theaters and I still really like watching that take place, like in home while I'm watching it here. Um,
0: well, and the score is what, yeah, absolutely it, soundtrack when,
2: too. I really enjoy like aside from the Fallout Boy song, which we know Jake hates. Like I,
0: I don't mind the Fallout Boy song. I don't mind it nearly as much as Jake does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the okay. I think the uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it, I think it's it's not. I like Fall Out Boy. <laughs> that's, that's why I, I kind of like that Dude, band. I
2: had a Fallout Boy t-shirt in high school.
0: I mean, so did I. That's cool. After high school. I may um, have seen them. So, but yeah, so times. Holtzman, yeah, I think, I think she's great and I think her, like, the purpose, out of all four characters, she's the most defined, right? I don't want to <laughs> say she's the Egon because that's doing her a disservice. That's doing the Kate McKinnon in the writing a disservice. She is a she's a wacko that's what Paul Feig said in the behind the scenes like she's just a she's like a whack job and yeah. she's nuts and um there's all sorts of reasons why people identify with her yeah whether it's like her sexual preference or lack of you know sexual preference yeah
2: or idiosyncratic behavior yeah. and like the way she kind of like breezes in and breezes out yeah. is always on a different level like I like all that stuff that is original and that's good characterization and like well done
0: yeah she's great um so yeah, I that's one thing I really like about mm-hmm. this movie. Another thing I like about this movie, and because Jake, when you were talking about earlier about how everybody's funny in this movie, mm-hmm. so the one person who's not is the one person who reminds me of somebody who would have been in the original Ghostbusters, which is um, Charles. Oh my gosh, I can't think of his name, but it's the guy who plays uh, what Tywin Lannister in uh, Game of Thrones, and he plays uh, Abby's boss, Charles Dance. Yeah, Charles Dance
2: got
3: it oh yeah he's
2: kind of serious he he is
3: he's pretty good in it and you know what i'm gonna say one thing the extended cut of this movie i do not like but there are about i don't know there are maybe three jokes in the extended cut of the movie that i think are amazing yeah and he is a part of one of them and it's like there's, like, a part where, I don't know, everything's going crazy and he's sitting there and he's like, oh, there's ghosts everywhere. And there's, like, a ghost just hanging out beside him
1: uh-huh. and he,
3: like, looks – so like, they're just oh, casually yeah. hanging yep. out beside yeah. each other. And he, like, looks over and freaks out and, the, and it like, scares the ghost. Uh-huh. Yep. And, like, I'm like,
0: that is a – like, that that's seems funny. like a Ghostbuster scene to right. me. Yeah. And they yep. took it out.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I thought that's really funny. And I think he's good because he's more, like – uh He's not putting up with. He he reminded me a little bit more of like the dean in the first Ghostbusters movie. He's not he's not willing to put up with Abby's like uh, or Aaron's Aaron, yeah. kind of her bullshit, yeah. basically. Right. Um, so I like Kevin.
3: Yeah, I like Kevin. I like Kevin less when <laughs> I watch it. <laughs> more. You know, there, there's he, some he stuff he I really
2: be in the beginning. I, I,
3: I really like the Kevin stuff at the end. Whenever he's just like eating the sandwich, and right. they're just yeah. like, "What?" Like that stuff's really funny. He's got a couple other funny jokes, but overall, he, he I don't know, It kind of annoys me a little bit. See, I think if they would have
0: backed him down, and like edited ten percent, yeah. yeah, curtail
3: some of his, some of his jokes are just not funny to me. Right. Like some, some of it the, falls flat. Some of right. the stuff is really good. You know, when they're when they're having the interview. Some of that stuff is really good, but it's like some of those jokes are just like when he's trying to grab the fish tank and stuff. I'm like, yeah. come on. Yeah. It just goes on too long. That's yeah. not fun.
2: Because when he looks at the 7-Eleven logo and says 711. it like makes no sense. And then they don't pan back to that as if they just want you to kind of forget like that, right. that was on the screen.
0: When you think about Rick Moranis and the first Ghostbusters, every single thing that comes out of his mouth is like the funniest thing. have yeah, a shower. Like Aww. everything he says is funny, but he's not dumb. No. He's, you know, quirky. He's earnest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. a little bit more earnesty and a little bit more of the blatant like stupidity would have done Kevin well because like I agree in the post credit scene Kevin's aloof where they show fuck, him yeah. uh, answering the phones and he puts the he puts his hand over the phone he says hey I'm talking like you guys now yeah yeah that's very funny to me mm-hmm. so
2: <laughs> some yeah. of it works Lewis has that like he wants to emulate the Ghostbusters in both movies and yep. that's an endearing thing yep.
0: They did not go far enough with that. With Kevin. they
2: almost did because he's got the uniform on. And he's like I'm dressed like you guys now, which you saw in the trailers and stuff. And so we were like, oh, cool. He just wants to be a Ghostbuster.
0: I wanted to see a scene. But he's with like him. kind of a dick. Like, like how kind of funny would it have been if like they the get beginning. a call and they go on a bust, and Kevin like hides out in the trunk of, or the the back <laughs> of the of the Ecto, and they yeah. but, and he right. ends up there with him. Like that would have been funny. Right. Or that just like, if,
3: or just like, if they show up to the bust and he's just somehow already there. Yeah,
0: right. yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. Like, there's a lot more that that yeah. I think they could have done some with stuff that. they could have done. Yeah, because I'm not opposed to the casting of.
2: I wouldn't scrap the character. I think that he's likable, so that I would put him in the pro column. Probably. Yeah. It's,
3: it's pretty. It's pretty obvious that there was some stuff going on that um, either had to be cut, or you know, just because like. He all of a sudden shows up and he's like, "Oh, I built a motorcycle with a proton beam on it, yep. and I have outfit like they that is so random in the movie. It just mm-hmm. happens, and then there's no reason for it. He immediately gets possessed, and you never like there's a whole bit that was cut there, yeah, they all and that- it, it could have and some of it I know some of it's on the on the deleted scenes or whatever, but i th- I think probably a lot of it wasn't even filmed, right yep." You know?
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that was kind of a disappointing thing that happened because at times the movie is hitting on all cylinders. At times it feels really bland and mm-hmm. kind of slow and Sometimes tedious. Um, and then there's then there's those times where it just feels like there's stuff missing, like the story isn't quite clicking. Right. Like basically right. all the interactions with like the mayor and like the cat out of the bag stuff mm-hmm. – and the, the – we're going to tell the public that you guys are doing bad and fake arrest you. Like none of that for me hits home. Like I just yeah. don't – like I want the government to be mad at the Ghostbusters. Like that's part – like I feel like that's kind of a – even in the comics yeah where the Ghostbusters are a known entity and sometimes working closely. Like there's always an authority figure trying to suppress them at some point mm-hmm. and I think – That's what gives them that underdog spirit, and that's what makes it so cool at the end, where they have to like save the day. You're like, it's got that like sticking it to the man, fuck Mm -hmm. you vibe. And I never get that from this movie, and it bums me out. Um,
2: And it also has that like spiritual depth and like darkness to it of like goes or the Gozerian and like you know ritual sacrifice and like that kind of stuff. Like that almost feels like Lovecraft, and like I I feel like. The original Ghostbusters is spooky and scary, and the the villain is, you know, something that you can can get a little, like, spine chill from, and I feel Mm -hmm. like—I said this already in the beginning of the episode, but Rowan never delivers on that for me, and I feel like there's no—there's, like, a goofy rivalry between him and the Ghostbusters, and, like, there's no clear, distinct reason why— like yeah oh what so he just he's just goofy looking and that's why we assume he's bullied like isn't that kind of stereotypical and like not very fair to the character don't you want a more dynamic villain at least I right. did or a more well because he's
0: got some Yanosh qualities which always as I was watching Ghostbusters for the first time I've or answer the call I was getting the feeling like oh he's probably working for or the lackey of a bigger bad that's going to be revealed in the third act that mm-hmm. yeah that does make sense when you when you look at it that like, way like yeah.
1: mm-hmm. he's
0: actually. Like he's figured out this technology and has somehow connected with uh, a demigod yeah. or something. That's
2: what I thought too. And it's almost like he's – because we knew he was undergoing a transformation because we got that little minifigure. of it's like, oh, it's a little guy. He looked like Janos. And then it's like, oh, he's going to become this thing with the bow ties. So I thought maybe he would be like the experiment or be like, yeah, undergoing a power like gaining process and like just, just anything other than – he fucking like becomes a different character, and like halfway through the movie, and like you're you're just done with him. So yeah. the menace is kind of it just dissipates. So you're like, oh, Kevin's him now. Got it.
0: Yeah. Got it. Yeah, and and I was trying. To, I I don't know if I got this in earlier, but like, so in the in the second movie, you've got the museum is kind of like the uh, the hub or the conduit to all the uh, paranormal activity. And the the first movie, it's Dana's apartment, but like you just. You see that there's something weird going on with Dana's apartment sprinkled throughout the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like at one part at the beginning, Ray's like, hey, maybe the building itself has a history. And then mm-hmm. it's like, OK, the eggs are popping. Oh, Zool's in the refrigerator. Oh, there's the slime on the walls. chair. Yeah, and it just keeps going. Yeah. And in this movie, I felt like with the Mercado, like it tried to play that same role. But like the first time they enter the Merc- Mercado and they talk to Annie Potts, And then Mm -hmm. they just go in the basement where – You're so distracted. It's like – it feels like a dream sequence. It does not feel like I'm living in – it doesn't feel like a real hotel. Like when the Ghostbusters walk into the Sedgwick, it feels like a a real hotel and there's guests and there's people looking around and it's New York and it's just this this real environment. And then in this, I'm like – I feel like I'm in like a weird dream state video game and I'm so distracted by the fact that Annie Potts is basically playing – Janine but not Janine mm-hmm. that by the time they get down there and they're with Row and he's ready to kill himself I I, I I, remember watching it being like I don't what's going on did I miss something I remember something? thinking
2: why doesn't she care that this is going on in the basement of the hotel that she works at wouldn't she know something about it and like what is none of this is adding up that's right. what I thought
0: Jake yeah no uh
3: I, we're doing really well at our, at our, Jake's on the other about side like about um yeah no I agree with all that stuff it, it and, and it, it, it it almost feels like shoot you know it feels like whenever you're doing a movie like this and it's it's a reboot and you got stuff that you know you want to put in here there's so much story going on there's so many there's a, there, there's kind of a lot of characters in this movie so it it feels like it just needed to be trimmed a little bit like maybe some of the I feel like instead of expanding on all the plot lines they should expand it on, they just wanted to put all of them in so you get just a little of too much stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, there's... There probably was more about the hotel. There is on the extended version. There is like scenes where you see that right. there's
0: shit going on in the hotel. There right. is more. That Rowan. Lady. Yeah. I
2: remember but that. they play it like...
0: like a comedy and it's like Rowan interacting with that lady and she's got the ghost yeah. on her back. Like I, it, I don't like that at all. But yeah.
3: I, I'm just saying like you can tell that they wanted to flesh some things out more. Right. But because they were cramming so much in, they had to cut a lot of stuff. So that's why we get. That's why we get the weird hotel thing. That's yeah. why we get the weird, you know, Kevin showing up in his. Mm-hmm. It's because they were like, well, we still got to put it all in here, but we're gonna have to cut most of it out. Right. To yeah. So it ends up feeling a little. So the right. movie ends up feeling like a little clunky because of it.
2: Mm-hmm. The yeah. segues and stuff like that are are missing, and maybe, yeah, some of that backstory. <laughs> but the intentions were good, and maybe, it to be fair. Yeah, I see what you're saying.
0: So we were just talking about Annie Potts. So let's uh, – we haven't really talked about the cameos yet. So uh they were able to fit in cameos from a lot of the original Ghostbusters, all of them that are alive,
1: mm-hmm,
0: Um mm-hmm. and plus Annie Potts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think – oh, and Sigourney Weaver. Mm-hmm. So people make – people have really strong opinions on whether or not those should have been in the movie or not. And – I don't really know. I think I lean towards maybe not. Jake, like you were saying earlier, like because it's not connected to the like. Obviously, if it was connected to the originals and they were playing the original characters, yes, get them in there as much as possible, right? Right. But every time when when you see Dan Aykroyd, you see Bill Murray, and you realize they're not playing that character that you grew up with and you love, you can't help but feel a little bummed out.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: It's weird. It's weird because I from the beginning, wanted
3: the cameos no matter what. Because to me, it almost like lends – like it lends more credit to the movie. It's like, you know what? If if fucking Bill Murray is willing to come back and play a very tiny role in this movie, then it makes me feel better about it. Right. And and I liked seeing all the cameos. And, and you know, like uh, Bill Murray's cameo I think is very good. And I think Dan Aykroyd's is really funny. Like his – when I heard what his was going to be, I was like bummed out and I thought it was going to be stupid. I was like, that sounds dumb. He's a cab Mm -hmm. driver. When they're like – they're like, oh, they're going to have him say I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Oh, okay. That's the most corny thing they could do. But then watching that scene and like hearing him say basically lines he would say in the first movie, I was like, wait. That was the best – like that's the best cameo you could do. Like I thought it was great. But – yeah, as it went on, it does kind of feel weird now that they're that they're cameoed and the, like after the fact I was like, "Well, wait, why couldn't they just been playing their characters?" And and, yeah. and I and I up until the up until the point we saw this movie mm-hmm. I was not convinced that they weren't going to be playing their characters. Even though, even though we had heard like, you know, they're just cameos, Bill Murray's playing this guy, whatever. I was still like, part of me was still like, no, there's no, they're not going to bring everybody back and make this movie and not still somehow connect it. You know, I was waiting for, I was waiting for a scene at the very end where like, you know, Maybe a couple of those guys got together and they're and they like reveal that they are the Ghostbusters or yeah. something, you know, I, I just That's what I was like. Yeah, I was like, what? You know, I was waiting for it and it didn't happen. And that that's weird. And right. that, now I don't know, man. It's just it, it's weird. I, it's like I don't want to see the movie without the cameos. Right. You yeah. know? It's like because I look forward to that's exactly how I yeah. feel. People I,
0: I, I complain- like the, I like them being there. Yeah. People mm-hmm. – I heard a lot of negativity about the Bill Murray cameo and people saying like he phoned it in and everything. But like objectively, his cameo and his scene uh, where you know he, he shows up at the Chinese restaurant, mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite parts of the movie. I
1: yeah. think it's
0: funny and I think it's weird and it doesn't feel like Ghostbusters but he's – he says a couple lines that sound like Venkman and like if they retroactively connect, like, well, in the comics, they revealed that they basically in the comic book said that those are alternate versions of the original characters. And even though that's kind of like retconning or whatever, like I buy it because, you know, I just buy it. I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll believe that. Um, but I, I like Bill Murray's cameo. I like Dan Aykroyd's cameo. Ernie Hudson's was so predictable and that guy's so good at what he does. So like anytime he opens his mouth, I'm I'm laughing. Yeah. Um, I wish they would have given him a little bit more. I'm sure he been, would have been willing to do more. Yeah. Sigourney Weavers, I was not that impressed with. I thought it was kind of a weird like shoehorned in – kind of... It was,
3: for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because we
0: love Sigourney It Weaver. seemed
3: very la- like a last-minute kind of like, okay, she said she'll do it, and now we got to think of something to put her in.
0: Right, right. And it's like, we don't... And it was another thing, like, let's make her funny and quirky and she'll be Holtzman. And it was just kind of like, uh, I don't... Yeah. Uh, and, and Annie Potts, like, even though it was distracting, she did a great job. Yeah. Right.
2: Um. Yeah? Yeah, no, I mean, I feel the same way. It's like, I don't want to throw them out because... I actually look forward to seeing those cameos when I rewatch Answer the Call. So I feel like they don't take away from the movie. I don't know if they add to it. I know that they make me happy to see – it makes me happy to see the original characters even as different characters. Like right. in a Ghostbusters movie, it's satisfying to me. So I'm going to enjoy watching them. But no, I don't think that – I think it's confusing. I think that especially the Andy Potts popping up in the Mercado and like that's – it's a little bit. It takes you out of that because that's kind of an important point where the plot's supposed to be moving on. So.
0: Exactly. I don't know if we need to be inserting fun cameos into like important plot points of the movie. And when it was originally right. revealed that Bill Murray was going to have a cameo and that he was going to play the quote-unquote Walter Peck type, that's what they were originally saying. I remember being like, whoa, is Bill Murray going to have like a, a big role in this movie and he's going to be like the antagonist to the Ghostbusters? Mm-hmm. That is going to be fucking crazy. I can't wait to see that. And then yeah. when they did it, it was kind of like, oh, like, I did like it, but it wasn't, like, in fact, that storyline... What having, if Bill
2: Murray had been the like the mastermind and, like, Rowan was just, like, his <laughs> apprentice, and that would have been... He, then Bill Murray could have died in the beginning of the movie still, and then just passed on his evilness to Rowan, his henchman, and then we would have, like, Love it. bought it.
0: Love it. Hook
3: you, on, know, you know,
0: I, I like He's, seeing
3: Bill Murray in it, because it's like, he... He he gets a little more than just it's like a glorified cameo. Yeah. He's in it a little longer. He's got a couple scenes. I thought the first time, you know, okay, we saw the it. movie the first time. He, the first time you see that character, it's on the TV, and I was like, oh okay, that that was going to be it. But then he shows up, right. And he had he has a scene. And what I like most about it, and what makes me happy to see Bill Murray in that movie, is not just the fact that you know they've been trying to get bill murray to do ghostbusters you know for fucking i don't know 20 years right it's also the fact that his character is making fun of the ghostbusters and that's kind of like how bill murray has come to be known right to kind of like be the shit talker and be like well i don't want to do that shit you know so like it's i bet it made him feel good and it's it's just it makes me happy to see that I, i liked it
1: yeah
0: do you guys think Paul Feig? He would never answer this honestly. If he said, "Could you do anything different?" He he would say, "No, I wouldn't do anything differently." Do you think he would do anything differently if he could go I th-
3: back? If he could go back, I think he'd absolutely. Connect, I think he'd absolutely connect the movies.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I don't think he would have made it a straight-up reboot, like c- because you know that's that's. I think that, and then like the whole like woman aspect or whatever is what got the most shit. Right. And and I think, you know, the woman thing, I know he would never change and right. and, and he doesn't need to. You exactly. know, and he shouldn't. Yeah. But but I think he would have absolutely maybe listened a little more about letting it be some sort of continuation and yeah. not just uh, a confusing reboot because like it is a reboot, but then at the end you get that Zool thing.
0: Yeah, and you're I feel like, like well, wait, what? And Ab, you can comment it's on a this tease. because you've got the uh, you've got the best perspective as far as being a female. Because I'm a female. Oh, well, and watching females on screen and action, yeah, movies and that's and,
2: part of why I get so weird about talking about this and like why I get legitimately stressed out and went through stress and probably should have talked to a therapist because it's fucking stressful because I was really. Involved and championing this movie as a female, I was ready to make like YouTube videos where I was going to like play inspirational music and like I don't know, just let people know. Like as a manifesto, I wrote a manifesto about why I was excited about this movie. And you had every right to be, yeah. And I,
0: I, but real quick, well, what I was going to say was, so Paul Feig, his whole reasoning for making it a reboot, not connected to the originals, was he felt. That doing a follow-up was lame, and if ghosts already exist, nobody cares, and he wants to do an origin story, and he wanted these girls to stand on their own. That was his reasoning. But to me, you put all four of those actresses at a major disadvantage by putting the weight of the world on their shoulders and saying, hey... You're going to stand on your own, and you're going to be just as good, if not better, as the and original And here's a giant
2: microscope that you yeah, can just stand I, underneath.
0: To me, if he would have said, we're going to make a Ghostbusters sequel... Now also
2: create your own character, and think of some really funny alts, because you're now an integral part of like writing this movie. Right.
0: And here's the thing. I don't want to hear... like When people on Reddit or message boards say, they could have been the Ghostbusters daughters, they, they get dismissed. Like, shut up. Go yeah, away. That's no. not interesting. That's stupid. But... They could have existed in – I feel like if you would have had a team if, – if the pitch was it's a new Ghostbusters movie, takes place 30 years after Ghostbusters 2, this is the storyline. We have a new team. It's going to be three girls and two guys. I think 90 mm-hmm. percent of the world would have been very excited. And if Paul Fee wanted to make those three girls the stars of the movie and everybody comes out of the movie going, holy shit, they were the badasses.
2: Yeah, like fucking Mad Max Fury Road. Talk about that. Nobody expected Furiosa to steal the show. I mean, there were uh, like men's rights activists that were mad about that movie saying, don't go see it, don't support it because it's not about Max. It's about this other female character and the wives and how much they stood up and like kicked ass. And that's why I went and saw that movie four times in theaters because it was – inspirational to me as a woman and it was like taking me aback and watching furiosa and max like interact as in like a really respectful respectful hot and sexy way i fucking love that movie but answer the call these four women having them in the foreground with that anticipation on their shoulders like i it was unfair and like literally a year ago today we made that video for leslie jones because she was receiving so much like criticism and like disgusting hate hate. so yeah there was like that part of me that was like, Hey, I'm here. I'm behind you. I support you guys. And so that's why I'm left after seeing the movie. Like I still love you guys and I'm still behind everything. And I'm still very deeply involved, but as a fan of film or as like, I guess somewhat of a, like, I don't know, a critic, someone who has a podcast and talks about my feelings openly once a week. Like I want to be honest. And that's where the conflict comes in.
0: Here's my conflict. If somebody says in the last year, Name the most badass women you've seen on screen and movies. I don't think about these girls first. I go, okay, cool. Um, Gamora and Nebula and Wonder Woman and the little girl from Logan Mm -hmm. all come to my mind.
2: Yeah, the Colleens from Yoga Host. Yeah,
0: and I want, and, and Jillian Holtzman to a certain extent, and to another certain extent, Patty Tolan. I think. I th- I don't think the scripts and mm-hmm. the pressure and the bubble that they had to live in, I don't I don't think they I don't like that they I don't mind the jokes in Answer the Call about like the the hate I don't mind the jokes, mm-hmm. but it bums me out that they that they had to do it. They had to put them in there. Yeah, it bums yeah. me out that that like it, that we had to be taken out of the movie for a second because the the lie ain't no bitch is gonna hunt no ghosts. Like that is funny. But I know that there's a a big world of actual real shit behind that, yeah,
2: but it was weird, I know exactly, like and when you're sh- dealing with real opposition when you're dealing with like verbal abuse or something like that, like you have to take the high road and rise above and completely ignore, and like yeah. any time spent rolling in the dirt, which is acknowledging it and giving it power, like that's just I guess it doesn't make sense to me and right. and as a female who has dealt with opposition and been dealt with real shit I fucking we all it. know about it I quit drinking because uh, I well for it helped me quit drinking to watch Ghostbusters it was part of my you know beating that that demon and I've lived with struggle and I've I've found films that inspire me and I've relied heavily on them like in in spite of going to fucking meetings like they're my support system and and that's why seen Baby they're my Driver. sponsor yeah exactly yeah that's why I go and see Baby Driver because it inspires me and it keeps me going at fills me with inspiration and puts the wind in my sails and all that shit because life is tough and it is tough sometimes to be a woman and this movie was a tough uphill battle and then there was a lot of fallout and aftermath and I guess it's been a year now and we're sussing it all out after that to quote Julian
0: Mm -hmm. Huntsman. I like that. No, that was good. I'm glad he said that stuff because I think that's
2: But this movie also banded me together with other females who love Ghostbusters, and we had a really awesome party at Dragon Con last year, and there were a bunch of girls dressed up as characters from this movie, and I know that a lot of people have posted about how their daughters fucking loved this, and how they got the the toys, the proton packs, and how into Ghostbusters they are, and Mikey Wood, the guy that won our firehouse, like his daughter loves Ghostbusters, and she put the firehouse together, and like I know that this movie means something to her and to other young girls, and that's awesome, and I would never... Ever want to step on it or take away from what it it could do or did or will continue to do for young women or for just fucking young human beings. Because, you know, if it's if it's your thing and if it inspires you and if you go and see it 35 times like Austin Young or whatever, that's awesome. And I want to support you. And I don't want to take back my feelings or hide them. But, you know, you just got to be honest. This is why it's important to be honest about Ghostbusters.
0: (laughs) There's a lot of good that surrounds it. Just the fact that we got a new Ghostbusters movie is good on its own. But listen, we're exploring our own feelings here. And, hey, in the last couple months, Ivan Reitman and Dan Aykroyd have both publicly made statements along the lines of, we love our four actresses. They did a great job. This maybe was not the movie we wanted to release.
2: They were willing to say it was too much money.
0: Yeah, it would cost too much. And maybe Paul Feig, he's a hell of a director – He's He's a hell of a guy. He's a hell of a guy, but maybe he did not – maybe his vision did not align with our vision. And that's kind of what we're exploring now is where does Ghostbusters go from here a year year later? The characters are going to stay. And Jake, you talked about this earlier. What do we pick
2: up and move on with basically?
0: These four characters and Chris Stewart talked about it on our show. Like the characters are there. They're not getting scrapped. They're not being thrown away. We're not restarting. I'm okay with that.
3: Yeah, no, me too. Like they're a part of they're a part of Ghostbusters now, and yeah. whether it's through the comic books or a cartoon series or whatever, like they're gonna they're not going away. Like they're they're it's it's a different thing. It, it's right. Ghostbusters. It's a different version, but we're always gonna have. I mean, like take a look at the way the the comic book series before before they started, you know, bringing the girls in they, they brought back like Kylie from extreme Ghostbusters Mm -hmm. and just like some random, you know, characters from all that stuff. And it's because like, we love it. Like who, who, who's to say like down the road, Ghostbusters isn't like, or answer the call isn't looked at a little differently. You know, maybe, maybe people will kind of get over their gripes and just be like, man, you know what? Like, It's go. It is a Ghostbusters movie. Like we should, we should be happy, and we should thank Paul Feig that even though like it's not exactly what everybody wanted,
1: Mm -hmm.
3: nobody was like up for the challenge to make Ghostbusters. Nobody wanted to do it. People kept saying no. It was taking forever. Everybody was dropping out of it, and Paul Feig was like, "Hey, like I'll I'll fucking do it." Right. He did it, and it doesn't matter that it's not your favorite. Fucking movie, we got new Ghostbuster shit because Paul Feig was like, uh, because he stood up and he was like, I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. And who gonna knows the what? The, yeah, like, mm-hmm. but who knows what the next thing's gonna be? Right. You know, like, right. I'm sure, I'm sure they don't really. Maybe at this point they know, but I, I'm sure for a while they weren't sure because I know they wanted to make a sequel to this. They yep. wanted this to be, but it didn't work out that way. So yeah. I'm sure they went back to the drawing board. You know, I I wouldn't. I wouldn't, like, completely put it out of reality that any of these characters would never show up in a movie. Right. But I would imagine whatever they do next is going to be – it's going to be something different. And I wonder if – I wonder if they're going to – you know, they're going to look at what other other studios are doing and what other movies are doing. And, you know, maybe they're going to be like, okay, well, Star Wars fucked up. Yeah. And then and then they had to like go back to the basics. They had mm-hmm. to like yep. they went back, they simplified what they were doing. They made sure they were putting out something that is as good, if not better than the original stuff. Yeah. Right. And a lot of a lot of people are trying to do that nowadays, yep. you know. A lot of people are like trying to go back and be like people are realizing that the movies they're making aren't working and they're trying to fix it. So Mm -hmm. who 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 knows what's going to happen? We might get a we might get a Ghostbusters Part Three. At this point, they might be like, "Hey, you know what? We know everybody loves Bill Murray, and we know Bill Murray's not going to make it. But like, fuck it, we can write a movie around him. We can do it without Mm -hmm. Bill Murray. If he's not going to do it, we have Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson and Annie Potts, and we have ninety percent of the cast, and we have the Duffer Brothers. (laughs) Just just kidding."
2: (laughs) But so someone, you
0: know, like some talented writing team you. who's got really, like a really... They could do it. If you're right. talented. So, vision. I've been thinking about this a lot um, with Comic-Con coming up and new announcements that I still think we're, you know, we're probably at a minimum four years away from a new live-action Ghostbusters because no matter what, they need some time to separate. Like, there has to... You just have to have a little bit of time. Like, even when a movie is extremely successful, like Jurassic World... They still wait three years mm. to do a sequel, so um, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Duffer Brothers involved. They've got ne- they've got a relationship with uh, Ghost Core now. Uh, I yeah. would not be surprised to see James Gunn. Uh, we we talked about it a couple weeks ago. So mm. somebody said something about uh on Facebook about James Gunn directing a Ghostbusters movie, and he didn't deny it. And he was just like, "Hey, you never know." Uh, okay. but I was watching so a live
2: parent. I love it. I
0: was watching a live Q and A with him yesterday, and somebody was like do you have any other directing projects um lined up right now besides guardians 3 and he's like directing no but i am involved with producing some stuff so mm-hmm. hey you never know he could you know there's so much talent out there that would willful like I think part of the problem originally was Sony was looking for that big name they wanted Paul Feig they wanted the Judd Apatow they wanted big comedy name yeah they wanted like somebody to recognition because Ivan Reitman is one of the most legendary comedy directors of all time and it, for for whatever reason even though Jurassic Park did it with, they went from Steven Spielberg to Colin Trevorrow and gave him mm-hmm. a shot um, Sony wanted a name and they got Paul Feig and Paul Feig has a proven track record with with comedy mm-hmm. and it sucks that the answer the call cost one hundred seventy million dollars to make because it did do box office. Like, mm-hmm. if that was a ninety million dollar movie, we probably would be getting a sequel to answer the call. It would mm-hmm. probably be filming right now. So, right. yeah. Um, Does
2: it all come down to that cut dance sequence, guys? Is that really all there is to <laughs> it? Is that is that you, disco number.
0: You know,
3: we also we we talked about this before. Um, another another reason I could see like you know, people stepping up at this point and being a little more receptive to directing it is because at first nobody wanted to. Right. Everybody right. was scared. Like, everybody was scared to do it. It's Ghostbusters. It's a big deal. Like Ghostbusters is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And nobody wanted to do it, but it, it happened. It's done. Now it's out. Now people aren't so sc- – I think people wouldn't be so scared because they're like, okay, we we know what – we know what to make better. We know what we have to do. I think people at this point would be like, Well, yeah, I want to be the person to fix Ghostbusters. Right. You know? Yeah. Because it was it wasn't broken, you know. Right. I mean I mean, I guess you could say it was broken, but
0: Well, you know, you know the catalog now, now. need a little tune up and a little while. <laughs> sorry. Oh, How to do it. Yeah. Oh well, you know, thirty to forty million dollars a resuit shoots. And, uh, uh, look, the director, uh, you know, he didn't listen to her. Sorry. Uh went to Dan <laughs> heard, uh, We gotta do a little uh, Dan. Little we got Dan. on that, that
2: Dan Frontation ride. No, I was real gonna quick. say your Dan
0: Frontation yeah. moment.
2: Yeah. Trip. Brought to you by Chris.
0: Yeah, my favorite part of the Dan Frontation, uh, at the end, right before the ride ends, he throws Paul Feig under the bus.
2: Oh uh, every time. It's so
0: and it's like you know it's coming, but it's still like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so God, that's funny. Mm-hmm. um I, I'm, congratu-
1: dry I'm
0: congratulating myself right now. Yeah, that was um funny. so, yeah, what's gonna happen is, and I guarantee this is gonna happen. We know Ghostbusters plays okay. some sort of semi important, if not very important part in the new season of stranger things. yeah, it's gonna come out, and you're gonna see a lot of people go, "Hey, they got ghostbusters right. Let those guys do it like you it's going to happen because of the tone of the first season, the way those characters are written. And I want to close on this. I want to talk about this for a second. So
2: you think that the next season of Stranger Things is their audition, like their little... I don't think it's around? their
0: audition, but but when we talk about Ghostbusters as a comedy, when we talk about bringing back Ghostbusters, I never think, okay, who's going to be the comedy writer or director that, bring, that does Ghostbusters justice? Because I watch uh, Baby Driver and Edgar Wright It's not a comedy, but it's so funny. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And Wonder Woman was funny. And Guardians Mm -hmm. of the Galaxy was funny. Mm -hmm. And every movie, all these action movies are funny. Like, I don't feel like we need to think, okay, Ghostbusters. Which comedian, which comedy mind is going to handle Ghostbusters from now on? I don't think we need that. I think we need a visionary who Mm -hmm. understands what's scary about (laughs) Ghostbusters, what's funny about Ghostbusters, what's intriguing. All of that. And we need their twist and their vision, and we need to move forward.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because answer the call is here and it's here to stay. And if they do a live action sequel and these characters are involved, awesome. Mm-hmm. I would love to see what a different writer and a different director did with Patty Tolan. Because right. I think she deserves better. I agree. Because I think she's a good character. And I, I agree. think Leslie Jones could, she, she's got the like every man quality. And she, she could – like I told Abby – this. She
2: gives me like the actual knee-jerk laugh reaction of like – Right. Out of all those characters, even more than Jillian Holtzman like watching it. But
0: so. Jake, I told Abby today, I said, if she's supposed to be a historian and that's her character, why isn't her job to be – why isn't she actually a historian?
2: Why wasn't she the right. tour guide in the beginning?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. Why I'm, is she sitting behind a little desk? Yeah. You know? it, it was just yeah. weird and like – and it's not that like – It's not like that was degrading, but like when I think of her in that movie, I don't think of her as the historian who knew so much about New York and architecture that she helped save the Ghostbusters. I think of Leslie Jones was pretty funny and she was the MTA worker and that was Yeah, like at the
2: the rock concert stuff, like when she's the mannequin ghost stuff, that's all very funny. And like when she's going in and the room full of nightmares and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I think of when I think of Patty Tolan, not like, oh, she – well, they know science, but you know she knows history. Oh, I hate
0: that line. I know. there's so there's like ten lines in this movie where I'm like if you just took that out I would like this movie forty percent better <laughs> yeah um so yeah
2: just exhibit those characteristics and those qualities in like action rather than in spoken word because that is just you know plays I think better. the
0: biggest travesty in this movie is that I think Melissa McCarthy was not good at it she's just not good in it and to my, to me my opinion is Melissa McCarthy and that character were not great um. But my favorite – thing I think my actual favorite – if you would have told me like, hey, I don't know if this movie is going to be good. I don't know if it's going to be bad. I don't know if it's going to be a reboot, a sequel. I don't know what. But there's going to be a scene with Slimer driving the Ecto. Yes. Love that. Yeah, I, I think I would have been like, OK, I, I can take it because I need I lo- to see yeah. that. Yeah.
3: I love that a lot. That was one of my favorite pieces of imagery and and the, and seeing just seeing the Ecto at night – anyway is it's amazing like seeing all the lights and everything it's really cool and yeah dude it was so fun to see i i I was happy with the way slimer was handled in this movie and
0: i actually like when people complain about lady slimer i'm like well that feels out of all the things in the movie that kind of feel like silly like ghostbusters 2 yeah that's one of them yeah like i don't that doesn't bother me
2: oh i love it she was always my favorite yeah
0: like why like why like if you're gonna pick out something out of this movie to not like, let it be something like that's actually kind of uh worth exploring, like the character development or like yeah. uh you know the Merc some of the stuff we talked about, but not like oh but Lady Slimer, that's stupid. Like, well, no, that's actually to me one of the highlights. Uh huh. I agree. Yeah. Um we didn't talk about the Stay Puft cameo either. Yeah, well yeah. let's talk about it.
2: Yeah.
0: It was alright. It's, it's weird. It's okay. It was it's, okay. That's weird. I, I read the description of what it was going to be before I saw the movie and I envisioned it much differently than it actually turned out to be. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't I don't hate it. I, I think
3: he I think the balloon I think the the CGI on the balloons is a little like hokey looking. Mm-hmm. Um, But I didn't hate I didn't hate that. Like, I mean, if you're going to put Stay Puft in there and of course they're going to try to put him in there somewhere. Why not do it like that? It's it's short. It's it's a. It's like a good way to put him in there without – I mean how else would they put the state of Marshmallow Man in the movie? Like, I just
0: came up with a way. So you know when they're in the portal? <laughs> OK. Let's hear it. All right, So they're in the portal, right? Got it. And this would make no sense, but I'm just spitballing it. They're in the portal and Rowan has Abby and he's falling and then Aaron shoots the proton stream and he lets go mm-hmm. and Abby starts flying up. Right then, Rowan reaches out and grabs Abby one more time, and then out of nowhere, Stay Puff comes up. Okay. Oh, shit. It grabs helps. Rowan and pulls Rowan down. Uh, oh, man.
2: Okay. Does that make any sense? <laughs> or maybe None right after they both make it out, Stay Puff does the hand up out of the grave kind of deal, like yeah. one last time hey, to pull out shit. of Shit.
3: Listen to this. This just popped in my head. What if, uh-huh. when Nobody's they're in to. that portal? Yes. What if, when they're in that portal, as as Rowan starts to fall, you know, he like slowly falls just down into nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if, as he's falling, he transformed into the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Ooh. And then you see an opening to the hole uh, and it's, and it's New York and he falls out and it's like, Whoa. Oh shit. Rowan and, and the Stay Puft are the same. Total creature. reversal.
2: Okay. I like it. I like and it, it. like
3: it's like, you know,
0: that's like a portal to the other universe. Right.
2: That's what we all wanted.
0: Yeah. I think we were all looking for something <laughs> like that.
2: Through, um, see those guys. Or, that been great.
0: Or, no, I have nothing else. That that would be really cool. Um, I'm glad I brought up the por- – um, Craig, I'm glad you brought up the portal scene. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Craig. <laughs> um, that scene was not – I think it's kind of public knowledge now. I don't know if it is or not. I'm just going to say it. Uh, the portal scene was not originally in the movie. That was part of the reshoots. Originally, they dive in, cut to – Jillian and Patty pulling on the cord, they pop out with white hair. Right. I am so glad they put that in there because that is a that is a really cool scene, and that goes again. It's another one of those scenes where I'm like, I haven't seen this in a Ghostbusters movie before, and I like it. Mm -hmm. I like. I like that scene.
1: I do too. It was very
3: weird. Like the first time watching it, it it was a very weird scene to watch because it's it's just like if you think about you just think about any of the Ghostbuster movies, you're just like, okay, they're in a portal it's right. in slow motion yeah we're seeing like proton beams in slow motion and a giant. it is a very weird scene but i right. liked it
2: i liked it too it's definitely got like a marvel superhero feel little guardians of the galaxy yeah, kind of time stopping and our friendship will save us and and yeah. the universe but.
0: and it bummed me up because i was like I-, I like this scene i wish i bought into their like friendship their friendship a little yeah, bit yeah i
2: did too the moment when Aaron looks down at that hook on the ground to, like, tie the rope around her waist, that's like – I was like, yes, that's good. I wish there good. was a little more motivation between them. I wish I didn't hate Abby as much as I do because if I were Aaron, I wouldn't jump down there.
0: <laughs> but you know what I mean. The like, movie I just know ends. The all right. Well, we saved the day. Well, well, Abby's it. gone so, now. Yeah, She's fine. gone. Man. We um, all have
2: sandwiches though, so it's
0: fine. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, that stuff was really cool. and, and, and it. It definitely was, it was a good addition, a little bit of a leap of faith, but like I bought into it cause I wanted to see, I I knew like if they are going to combine these universes, we have to be able to buy into the fact that there's cross rips and interdimensional travel and yeah, all that kind of stuff. And that, that kind of left the door open for that. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed like Jake, kind of what you were just saying, like open up a ne- the next ghostbuster movie that takes place in a, uh, the original universe. Mm-hmm. Have Rowan fall through the cracks and just be in that version of New York, and that's the opening scene of the next movie—is mm-hmm. Rowan attacking the other New York?
3: Yeah, that would be mm-hmm. that would be so weird, but I would I would watch that.
0: I want to say, Jake, you also mentioned that you thought the CGI on the um, the balloons was a little hokey. Uh, I agree with that, but what they did with Rowan was great. Like he looks awesome. Yeah, there's there's a couple. There's a little bit
3: of uh, the CGI in the last act that that's a little fishy to me. Uh, You know, like whenever whenever they're fighting all those ghosts and it's just like fog everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Like that stuff looks a little weird. Some of the ghosts like when you're seeing the ghosts on their own earlier in the movie, they are, you know, brightly colored and everything. But 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 they look fine. They look good because there's just like one. But right. when, when you got, like, 20 ghosts that are all super bright blue, yep. it starts to look a little too cartoony. Yep. Like but Firewall. besides but besides that, the rest of the effects I really like. I really love the way all the Proton streams look. And yeah, mm-hmm. Rowan looks amazing, especially in, like, the slow motion stuff. Yep. He just
0: looks cool. Yep. Mm-hmm absolutely so here's the situation a
2: lot of pros a lot of cons
0: pros and cons good and bad i still don't know what i give this movie on like a one to ten scale i'm probably like a six i'm thinking six because it's not middle of the road because there is some stuff i really like a lot yeah um but yeah. you know what as time goes on five years from now we might have a completely different opinion especially you know as the franchise continues we'll we'll be able to kind of we'll have more information
1: mm-hmm. to right. uh
0: to go by mm-hmm. um But we won't go on too much longer. Well, we'll, we can wrap this up now because, uh, it's been a year. We're a year out. We survived. The world still exists. Mm -hmm. All of our childhoods are fine, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, mine's Um, intact. Yours is good. Jake, is your childhood okay? Yeah, it's perfectly fine. Okay. It's good. Um, and we're going to continue to get merchandise and more Ghostbusters stuff is coming. We got Comic-Con starting, uh, as you're listening to this, Comic-Con is starting, so, uh, I will say this. If there's any major announcements, new movie, new animated show, we'll we'll probably do another episode. We'll open up the hotline. We'll open up the hotline. I like that. Uh, We'll we'll do another episode and cover that stuff. We'll cover all the Comic-Con releases, all the specials, all the toys. We'll do that next week. I have nothing else to say other than if you love Ghostbusters Answer the Call, great. If you don't love it, great. Have good discussions about it.
2: Have yeah. conversations. Yeah. Have an open mind. Be excellent to each other. Be decent. I like that. All mm-hmm. that. Jake,
0: anything else before we sign off? No, same man, place that's it. I, I agree with you just said. Cool. Abigail?
2: I agree. I feel good. I feel feel like I have a burden lifted. So good. Yeah. Good.
0: That's nice. Um, and then next week we'll do uh, we'll do this again, the exact same thing.
2: Yeah, we're gonna just say everything all <laughs> over again. I'm gonna, you know, complain. It'll be fun.
0: Cool. All right, for Abigail Gardner and Jacob Walsh. I'm Craig Goldberg. If you're going to Comic Con, have a great time. Say hi to Papa Ivan for us.
2: Yeah, we're jealous.
0: And uh, go get an autograph. Get, get something signed. Yeah. Do it. And uh, we'll be talking about all the Comic Con updates here in a couple days. Have mm-hmm. a great weekend. We Hopefully love
2: you. Talking about it and the new movie
0: Ooh, coming soon. A real big. Deal. All right.
2: Hey, he doesn't even like the miniseries.
0: Oh.
2: oh, we never even talked about that.
0: Next time. So
2: stressed. Bye, everybody. Stay tuned.
0: See ya.